the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Soterra Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Soterra is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Soterra Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is in studio with us. Well, kind of. In an undisclosed location, Larry Rosenthal, live on YouTube, live around the world in the United States on Sirius XM and WAVA. Yep, we got Bob clapping for you already this morning. All right. Well, good morning, Chris. Bob, how's everybody doing today? Tom, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, looking good, looking good. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. As Chris said, yeah, a little travel this week, so we're in a different location, but that's okay. You can check us out live streaming on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube. That's LarryRosenthal.tv, as well as you can go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click the radio button and hit Listen Live there as well. So and like to continue to welcome our longtime listeners on Sirius XM, Channel 131, Family Talk Nationwide and locally in the D.C. Baltimore area on WAVA 105.1 FM. Well, it is, again, Open Mic Saturday, Chris, and you know what that means. Yeah. No holes barred. Whatever your questions might be on estate planning, the economy, the Federal Reserve, the stock market, your investments, your college funding, your retirement plans, insurance, beneficiary forms, whatever it may be. We've got a big announcement to make this week about the IRS is looking to change something when it comes to inheritance dollars. We'll talk about that. But first, just want to open up those phone lines. Give us a ring with any questions at all that you may have at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Again, open mic Saturday. Whatever's on your mind, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. Well, here it is, kind of like we expected. What were we expecting? We expected it. I told you so. What's going on, right? The Federal Reserve has said it's time. That's what happened this past week. It is time, boys and girls. It is time, okay? So the Fed came out this past week and made the statement. They haven't changed any interest rates yet um, other than the one they did last month, which was a 25 basis point hike. 
So today we're going to get a little in, uh, in uh, education on the history of inflation, different types of policies, where we are now, and what we're going to be expecting the rest of this year and into 2023. We'll try and take a look down the road and around the corner, as I, as I always like to say. But uh, Jerome Powell, the, the Fed chair, came out the other day and said, look, you know, we're going we're gonna to tame inflation. Okay, and and hinted towards a 50 basis point rate hike um, coming up in May and then more following in June and July. Some people are talking about 75 basis points, whatever it may be, but they're going to bring down inflation. And this is what's happening, as I've been saying for months now. Inflation will peak and start to come back down, and it's going to be. As a re- it's going to happen that way, <coughs> excuse me, as a result of two components. One is demand destruction, and then two is the Fed tightening and letting things roll off their balance sheets, assets roll off their balance sheets, and stuff like that. So, so here's what here's what we've seen so far. You know, inflation, the headline inflation, not core, but headline inflation, uh, came out last month at eight and a half percent. So what I mean by last month was earlier uh, in April. The March number was reported at 8.5%. Largest number, top line in the last 40 years, okay? Prices were up only 0.3 in March, less than the 0.5 that everybody thought that they would actually be in the uh, uh, month of, of, of March. So from that standpoint, we're starting to see, people are already starting to say, well, has inflation sort of rolled over a little bit? And the answer is no, it hasn't, okay? We need to see rates drop up, rise up a little bit more to tighten down the economy. So, so what is, how does this play out? What does this mean? Well, if we take a look at the market action the other day when uh, the Fed made this, this, this commentary just the other day, we saw the market peel back uh, Thursday and Friday. And as a result of that, people are saying, well, what does this mean? Does, is this, does this mean the market's going to just crash and we're going to have a, a, you know, just a terrible scenario, deep, dark depression and things like that? No, not at this point. What about a recession? No, not at this point, okay? Um, so let's go back and take a look at the history of inflation and see what's happened, what's caused it, and how it got resolved. And as you understand, you know, the Federal Reserve got created back in the 30s. I think it was 1938, 34, 38, somewhere in that area, to sort of, you know, try to guide monetary policy in, in, as, as a result of coming out of the Great Depression. So when we take a look at, at what's happened in the great inflation period that we had in our country, okay, we had a tremendous inflation period in our country from 1965 to 1982. And back during that period of time, it was post-World War II, obviously, and they were experimenting around with all different types of monetary policy. How do you get growth in the economy how do you get wages to rise, and how do you get more and more output? How do, you, how do you pull supply forward to meet demand? How do you increase demand in the economy and keep supply at the same level of equilibrium? This is what they were trying to figure out all these years. And, and from, from the end of World War II to 1965, these policies that, that were changed, I'm not going to go into the different depths, uh, you know, the different types of policies and things like that and programs that they had, but they passed all types of legislation and, and, and things like that to try and get, you know, the, this, this, the economy humming. My bo- the bottom line here is that as a result of some policy mistakes and not really understanding 
um, uh, monetary policy thoroughly as we do today, as we do today, from 1965 to 1982, that period of time in economics is known as the Great Inflation. And we had inflation at, at the end of the 70s, early 80s, as high as 15 16%. And, so, and, and wages were not keeping up. We didn't have enough supply for the demand. The economy was dramatically overheated. And during that period of time, they kept trying to stimulate, produce more money, kept splashing dollars in, kept stimulating more and more money into the system. And as a result, inflation got out of control, as you can sort of remember. You know, I, I know a lot of people are around have, have remember the gas lines. There were some things, you know, the oil embargo and, and, and different issues all all added to the uh, increase in, in inflation pressures. But the great energy but crisis. Yep. Energy crisis, that's correct, Chris. But from 80, from 65 to 1982, 1965 to 82, we had what's called known in, in economics as the great inflation period. Mm-hmm. And then what happened here was in 1979, Mark Volcker was a former Fed chair, I think in New York. I, I have to look that up. But, but anyway, he took over as the Fed chair um, in, uh, for, for, for uh, uh, the, the Federal Reserve. And he came in and he basically said, hey, look, you know what we're going to do? We're going to jack rates up. We're going to jack interest rates up and we're going to stall the economy. We're going to make it harder for people to borrow money. We're going to make it harder for corporations to expand. We're going to bring down demand. We're going to lower demand by making the cost of capital capital harder to obtain. And in 1979, this is what he started doing. Now, this threw the economy into a very painful recession from, from uh, around July of 1981 to somewhere in the middle of 1982 towards the end of the year. I think it was November, December or so, 1982. We went into a recession for almost a year and a half. As a result, interest rates went way, way up, and inflation dropped precipitously all the way back down again to targeted levels, which basically gave us a brand new start, sort of whitewashed the canvas, if you will, and said, all right, now we're going to start this whole thing over. So where are we today? Where are we today in the inflation narrative? Yes, we have inflation. The Fed has stepped up and said, we've got the biggest hammer. We're going to lower inflation by tightening down the economy. Okay. Where is the economy? Uh, Here's one of the key questions. Is the economy in the early cycle stage? Is the economy in mid-cycle stage, or is the economy in the latter cycle of the, of, of the business cycle stage? Where is the economy right now? And the economy is just entering, believe it or not, the, the mid-cycle range, which is the longest duration of the, of the cycle, early, mid, and late. We are in the, we are in the mid-cycle range of, of a long secular bull market, a long expansion. We're running into inflation pressures as a result now of COVID, uh, supply chains, lowering supply, lots of stimulus, lots of pent-up demand, and we now have too many dollars chasing too few goods. That's the deal that's going on right now. So the Fed is going to 
uh, create demand destruction. That's what they're doing. The Fed is actually creating you and I as consumers to say, hey, you know what? I don't really want to go out there. Uh, interest rates are rising. Stocks do not like that. We'll get into that in a moment as to why. But but it's harder now to finance a car. It's going to be harder to finance a car. It's going to be harder to finance a home. It's going to be harder for businesses to acquire capital. You know. But in the scheme of things, when you look in the history of interest rates, we're still very, very low and accommodated. Bottom line is this. Let's just suppose, and I've talked to many, many people this past week on Wall Street about all of this, and I have been for, for months and months and months, fund managers, economists, analysts, fund representatives, all, all these people. And they're all talking that once inflation peaks somewhere, maybe maybe May, June, July, it's going to start to come back down from its peak. Now, again, it's not going to drop down to pre-pandemic levels to 2% before we had COVID. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come down. They're talking about it coming down to maybe 5 4.5% towards the end of the year. I've been talking about this week in and week out, okay? So, so the question becomes this. The economy's mid-cycle right now. And we're, we're, we're manufacturing a stall to bring down inflation. As every day goes on and supply chains get fixed and redone around the world, once that happens, and that's going to take a couple years, right? That will. Um, that will help uh, alleviate inflation pressures as well. So, so the question becomes this. If the Fed, okay, if the Fed, and this is what all the, all the, 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 the business channels are talking about now, can the Fed produce a soft landing, right? So, so you know, you've been on an airplane before, and, and, and sometimes it, it just glides right on down on the runway, and you hardly feel that you landed, right? And sometimes it's a little bit more of a bump when it hits, right? <laughs> so there's a difference between a soft and a hard landing, if you will, right? Now, now can the Fed navigate a soft landing? In other words, can they tighten down the economy enough that it slows down pricing pressures, without tipping us into a recession? That's the question, okay? But remember, the economy is mid-cycle right now, or the business, we, we're in the mid-cycle of the business cycle right now, midway. So that's good news because the economy is still very strong, consumer is still very strong, consumer still has demand, and corporate earnings are still coming in very strong. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And, and and there's all for everybody that's out there saying doom and gloom, chicken little, the sky is falling, there's also people on the other side saying not so fast. Let's take a look at what happens towards the end of this year, end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, and see where the markets are, see where inflation is, and see if this thing doesn't come back out again and continue the secular bull market. So that's kind of where we are now. So the question becomes this. How are your portfolios invested today? How are they designed as far as, you know, growth still in the portfolios, okay? What about value in the portfolios? What about stocks and bonds that react well in a rising interest rate environment? That's the question that we have to ask. I spoke to so many people the last few weeks. We've done some webinars and some different things, fielded lots of phone calls and emails, and people all around the country are saying, you know, why are my bonds negative, okay? Why are they negative? And, and this is something we'll get into right after the break because that it has a direct correlation with interest rates, where they were, where they are, and where they're going. So that's kind of the deal, Chris, on, on where we're at right now. Do, the, the thing that people do not want to do is to sell out 
You've got to stay invested because when the markets do come back, you don't want to miss the rebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if you miss, you know, if you look at the last 20 years, the market's done just roughly under 10%. If you miss the best 10 days over that 20-year period of time, your rate of return was cut almost in half. So you've got to be very cautious about that. So anyway, let's go, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. Let's open up these phone lines. Give us a call this morning with any questions that you may have on inflation, on Fed policy, on your retirement plans, your government TSP, the 401K, 403B plans, uh, investments, mutual funds, stocks, bonds, annuities, whatever's on your mind. Give us a call this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's the cdfi.org your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community go to the cdfi.org make a difference go to the cdfi.org Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, we've got some numbers here available for you, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, Larry. Sure, Chris. I was getting ready to explain what's going on. And, and first of all, on the inflation thing, I, I've got so much information, so much history on it, on all the different types of monetary policies and rules and regulations and just all different types of things. And, and now there's surveys out here. We've got information on it all. So, so and I don't want to turn the whole show into, you know, boring, watching paint dry on ins and outs of inflation and interest rate policy. It's a pretty color paint. Like <laughs> it is a pretty color paint, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, people are asking now, why are bonds negative? Well, Larry, the, 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 the market's going down. The market's, the market's under pressure. The market's having a pullback right now. I thought bonds were safe. 
Well, bonds are safer than stocks from volatility standpoint, but remember, every investment vehicle out there has pros and cons to it. Every investment that you make out there, you have to ask the question, what has to go right for this investment to work? What has to go wrong for this investment not to work? Fair enough question, right? So you have two different types of bonds. One type of bond, you have what's called interest rate sensitive risk. The other type is credit risk. And on the interest rate sensitive side, as interest rates go up, bond prices go down. So since we've moved into a an increasing interest rate environment, you want to move away from your interest rate sensitive bonds to your credit sensitive bonds. Those are called floating rate bonds or bank loan bonds. Okay, there's a whole different asset class. People aren't familiar with this, but this these bonds tend to do well in rising interest rate environments, and those are the types of bonds you want to make sure that's inside your portfolio. So we're getting all kinds of questions all the time on why are my bonds negative? I thought they were supposed to, you know, be a be a ballast against stocks. Well, guess what? Interest rates are rising. Stocks don't like that temporarily, and bonds definitely don't like that if you have what's called interest rate sensitive bonds or duration risk bonds. So take a look at your bond portfolio, and that's what that that will help solve the issue there as far as uh, principal destruction going on and. The bank loan bond funds, in most cases anyway, tend to be giving a little bit higher yield. So let's go ahead and welcome uh, Daryl on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Daryl. How are you today? Very good. And you, sir? I'm well. How can I help you? So in our industry, I'm a small home builder in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, been in the industry all my life. I'm 60. We've seen and weathered several recessions, too, that I know of, the one that you talked about earlier in the 80s. And we're starting to see on our end the people that we work with, whether that be the real estate agents or the material suppliers, the subcontractors, we're starting to see materials spike again. Now, they spiked several months ago, but right now they, they seem to be going through a secondary spike, which is higher. What's causing that other than I don't think it's supply chain issue as much as it seems like the manufacturers are taking advantage well, I'm not sure if manufacturers are taking advantage, okay? And it it's definitely some supply chain issues and depending on which which building material or commodity you're using, those things are priced a couple of months out. Now, I will tell you that spot price of commodities this past week have come down. Okay? They, they won't they, even quote us core materials. No, because it's it, the demand is so high. We've got when you take a look at the at the building industry right now for homes, we've got the the uh, generation behind the baby boomers. What are they, the millennials? That they yeah. they they are a little bit larger in size demographically than the baby boomers, and they're now twenty seven to thirty four, thirty five years of age. They are moving into that first stage of home buying desire in their in their in their life in their families. And we're five and a half million units of homes under under inventory. That's supply and demand issues right there. Okay, that's what we're seeing. And so, so I mean, I, I could see a, that on new construction, but in our area, we're starting to see existing homes days on market is increasing double. A lot of people are are not. Uh, we're also seeing. 
when you break down the 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 home buying section into you know uh, homes worth worth a million, homes five hundred to a million, uh, below five hundred, different sec- sections like that, if you will, we're starting to right. see less sales come up up at the upper end. We're starting to see less sales happen. Uh, as far as, it, in other words, there's less inventory still. People are saying, right. you know what, I'm not going to sell because they sit down. I was talking to a client the other day just about this exact question, Daryl, and, and they said, you know, we can get a great a great uh, uh, price for our home right now. And I said, yes. I said, but what's on the other side of the next page? Right. And they said, they said, right. I know. They go, we, we look around and we go, well, I wouldn't pay that for that house. You know, I've been in the area all these years. I'm happy to get the money for my house, but I'm not going to pay it on, on, on another house right now. And so we're starting yeah, we're to see that, that. Exactly. We're starting to see that slowdown. That's all part of demand destruction. And, 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 you know, academically, this is a great lesson for people. What you and I are talking about right now goes to the core of inflation. What's the best resolution for inflation? And it's actually higher prices. Think about that for a second. Let that digest. The best solution for inflation is higher prices because sooner or later you go, I'm not going to buy it. Okay? Right. And that, that makes demand drop. And that's what we're starting to see. So a combination of that happening along with the Federal Reserve, let's roll the calendar forward five or six months, see where we are with this. Okay? But, but you know, uh, I have clients that are, that are home builders as well, and they are a great economic indicator for me when I talk to them. So I appreciate you, you sharing the, the information, Daryl. Uh, does that answer your question? Yes, Pardon sir. me? Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. If you'd like to chime in on any commentary, feel free to do so. Love the discussion. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's important. You know, regardless of the economic conditions out there, low interest rates, high interest rates, changes in tax code, whatever it may be, there's always opportunities that we can go make money, short-term and long-term, okay, and, and, and not only domestically but internationally as well. So we need to understand what your objectives are. You need to understand your objectives, your time frame, your risk tolerance, and then we need to bring the entire marketplace to the table in order to accomplish all of these things for you. So You know, it's really tempting to, when you, he talks about that, you see your house going way up in value to pull a trigger on a sale because you, you figure you can get all that income, but then what are you going to buy? Where are you going to live? You kind of either have to lower your standard of living and go to something smaller that you can afford, but then that's going to be expensive. It's a great discussion. I enjoyed this discussion. It it, it is, Chris, and it, and it's true. You know, if if you're at the stage now where you say, you know what, we want to sell our house and trade down, right? Um, do that. I've also seen people starting to say, you know what, we're selling our house and we're going to rent for a couple of years. See what so, the so there's does. all kinds of scenarios out there, and 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 what's right for somebody may not be right mm-hmm. for someone else. It all goes to your financial plan, what you want to try to accomplish with it at all, as far as that goes. But, but you know, we, we are seeing now, uh, again, I want to get back to these bonds here because we are people are now for the first time experiencing losses in bonds. 
that they haven't seen in a long, long time. From 1980, roughly, to now, interest rates have been cascading down, and that means bond prices have been appreciating. You've been getting positive returns and interest on top of those returns in your traditional bond accounts. Now it's reversed. It's an upside-down triangle. You've got to move to the other side of the bond street, at least for the next couple of years probably, while rates track up a little bit so so it's a slow shift there so so if you have questions on your bond portfolio what's happening give us a ring 855 rose 123 i'll be happy to send you out information on the differences between the different types of bonds based off of interest rates where you should be depending on your bond programs okay now i i want to change the subject here and i want to introduce some different 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 vocabulary words because people are, are you're going to hear people talking about this coming up uh, there's been a little bit of talk about it we've been mentioning it in our webinars we've been talking about this for months on the on the on the, on the show now uh, you know since the end of last year basically you know taking a look at, at at four different types of scenarios where we are and where we're going and each one of these is going to dictate different types of of investment strategies if you will investment products and things like that you know the best case scenario is is growth with low inflation guess what that's what we've had for for many many years growth with low inflation where we're getting lots of growth lots of demand lots of supply the economy's just humming along right uh, supply chains are at full capacity um, uh, industrial productions at full capacity just the whole nine yards it's just been a, a smooth smooth type of a scenario cruising along um, then you get into growth with high inflation. That's kind of where we are now, growth with high inflation. The economy is still rapidly expanding. Up until recently, we've seen wages expanding. But now we're starting to see inflation pressures higher than wages, uh, wages expanding. So, so this gets into the first stage of inflation trouble, growth with high inflation. Okay, uh, one of the components of this scenario now, as a result of coming out of COVID, is the supply chain disruption that needs to get fixed back together. So central banks all over the globe, all over the the, the world, you know, their feds, our fed, they're all sitting around thinking, how are we going to deal with this? What are we going to do? What's going to happen? America's going to take the lead. Okay, you know, it, but when the, when when the chips are down, and they're not down, by the way, okay. Bet on America, right? Entrepreneurial innovation, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I would, I would, I would, you know, look at that type of a, a, of a scenario there. Um, the the Fed's gonna produce price reductions through their operations, and and uh, this is gonna end one way or the other in the next handful of months. F fair enough. That's just kind of where we're at with it. The third stage is stagflation. And this is where we have low growth and high inflation. So if, the f if, if, if we just leave it to you and I, Chris, as consumers to say, hey, you know what, that, that dress shirt is too expensive. I'm not going to buy it. Hey, you know what, I'm going to skip my haircut this month because I don't want to pay for it. Or we're not going to go to the beach this summer because prices are too high. Mm -hmm. That's demand destruction, right? Okay. But at the same time, that slows down growth. 
Now the Fed can jump in and tighten the economy as well, and that will help bring down inflation. So that's the stagflation segment of things where you have low growth and high inflation. Well, so you see, Bob, Bob, uh, Bob skipped the haircut and I skipped the dress shirt. So I guess we might be in there. Your, you go in your same there line you there. <laughs> yep. So that's that's not where you that's not where we want to go. And then the other one is stagnation, where we have low growth and low inflation. Okay. We're still mid-cycle in the business cycle of things, and we're not anywhere near all of that. And, and again, there's reports on both sides of, of all of this. So, so bottom line is, you know, take a look at your portfolio, see what you're invested in, and, and make the appropriate rebalancing as far as all that goes. Big thing today, though, are bonds. We need to make sure that your bond portfolios are in the correct position and your equities are also ready for when the Fed gets gets inflation to peak and start to come back down again, and then watch what happens with, with the markets and stuff like that. Hey, let's keep these phone lines open. It's Saturday morning. I know I'm going on and on into the academia areas. I'm going to stop that now unless you have questions on it. We'll get back to some financial planning ideas, tips, and strategies on the other side of the break. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to get on our newsletter distribution list, we send out a weekly market commentary. It's a weekly market commentary that comes out on Monday mornings. Uh, I'll be happy to send it out to you. Just go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the newsletter there. Sign up for it. It's free. There's no cost involved with it at all. And we will also put you on our list for our, our – uh, we've been doing market commentary, educational pieces every couple of weeks with webinars. You'll get an email on that. We're going to get ready to come out with one soon because we've got some new changes to retirement planning. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you'd like to dial in, 855-767-3123 is the phone number to call. I have a few lines available for you to talk to Larry here live in studio. Again, 855-767-3123, Larry. 
Sure, Chris. So uh, in 2019, 2019, they came out with something called the SECURE Act, where they changed different pieces of the tax code. They changed different pieces of, of retirement plans. You know, you used to have to take your required minimum distributions at age 70 and a half. Now you have to take it at age 72. They keep messing with that. They are. They took away the lifetime tax advantage stretch IRA for people inheriting money, but they put down there a 10-year stretch. Now the IRS just came out the other day and said, yeah, Congress, we understand that you're saying the rule is 10 years. In other words, if a non-spousal beneficiary inherits money from an IRA or uh, who's greater than 10 years younger than you, then they can keep it in the account, hold it there, but by the end of 10 years, they have to completely liquidate the account and pay the tax on it. Or they could take a little bit out each year, but just at the end of 10 years, it all has to be liquidated. Well, the IRS came out this past week, and they said, you know, not so fast. We interpret the rule this way, which is if the IRA owner who's now deceased was over 72 and already taking their required minimum distributions, then the beneficiary still has to take the required minimum distributions each year, and at the end of 10 years, it has to be completely liquidated. So you cannot defer it anymore and let it grow tax-deferred. So now we have the rule stated by Congress one way and the IRS interpreting it a different way. So so here's what, what happened last week. We have a, a, a client in our office who's in this situation, okay? She received her, unfortunately, her father passed, and she received the IRA, as obviously, as the non-spousal beneficiary who's greater than 10 years younger. It's her daughter, right? His daughter. So, so under the new rule, she can just say, all right, I'm just going to let it sit there and grow for 10 years, and then I'll liquidate it. Or I can take a little bit out every other year, whatever I want to do, and then, but at the end of 10 years, i got to liquidate it. But now with this new interpretation from the IRS, they're basically saying, hey, your dad was over 72 already in, at his beginning date, which is his required minimum distribution date. So you're going to have to continue taking this each year. So, so this just happened, the, the ruling the other day, as we were doing the beneficiary paperwork. <laughs> Coincidence, right? And so now what do we do? So, so here's what we're doing, and this is what I'm, I'm suggesting for people. Get with your tax advisor, but, but this is what we're doing here is basically we're going to wait till the end of this year to see if there's clarification on this. If there's not, then we're going to go ahead and take a distribution for the year just in case it, it you know we, because we don't want to have a backward looking penalty uh, and and taxes on this so be aware of this situation those of you that have received IRA beneficiary or those of you that are in receipt of, of, of IRA money um, make sure you understand this the rule as as Congress passed it in the Secure Act, and now the new interpretation from the IRS, there's going to be clarification coming out on this. Hopefully later this year. But be aware. Get with your advisor. If you have questions on this, give us a ring. I've got a whole spreadsheet on all this stuff. It's it's very important that you that you really follow all of this because uh, you you do not want to end up in some type of a a, a penalty situation as far as all that goes. Uh, let's go ahead and welcome Dee on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Dee. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. How can I help you? 
Um, just one of some suggestions. Uh, my husband and I just, just uh, sold our home here in Virginia and uh, wanted to know what you suggest for what to do with the proceeds. Should we put it all towards a new home? Should we take part of it? Not sure what to do. Well, Dee, I would push that question back to you. What do you want to do? What's your objective? You know, you sold a home. Do you want to buy a new home, pay for it for cash if you have that opportunity? Do you want to have a small, manageable mortgage? Uh, what is it that you all want to do? Do you need to turn some of this income or all of it, uh, of all the proceeds? Do you need to turn some of the proceeds into an income stream? Do you need to turn all of it into an income stream? What What is it you'd like to do? Basically, that's the question. And, well, and ba- oh. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, we're approaching retirement, so, you know, have a small manageable mortgage and then, you know, do something with the rest of the proceeds, I, you know. Sure. So, so when we're in retirement, the the you know hitting the the cover off the ball, if you will, scoring the goal is this basically is is making sure that your your income is exceeding your expenses and you still have assets growing on top of that. So, really, what we need to do is just sort of back up real quick and draw a line in the sand and take a look at all of your resources and what your estimated expenses are going to be. Then I can tell you how much to put down on the house and how much not to. And then make sure your investments are in line to produce income in, in sort of a tax-efficient way for you and your husband during your, your retirement years coming from reliable sources. So, so what I'd like to do, Dee, is send you out our financial planning toolkit and start you down the road of looking at a cash flow analysis retirement plan. That will give you the answer to the question. Is that fair enough? Fair enough. Thank you. Yep, let me go ahead and put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information, and we'll have somebody give you a ring next week and set up a time that they can give you a phone call and and, and uh, help you with uh, much more detail. So I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, give us a ring. Don't forget to check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and sign up for our weekly market commentary. There's no charge for that, but you'll get some great information on the current state of the markets let's go ahead and welcome ray on the line good morning ray Oop, i think i i think we hit the wrong one on that and hope he'll call back to us yep here he is let's go ahead and welcome ray on the line good morning ray from virginia how are you today okay um the uh, cable news people the business sections are, are giving the fed chairman a pretty rough time here lately uh, and they don't think he should come back what's your opinion <laughs> That's a loaded um, question. Yeah, you know, every everybody's a great Monday morning quarterback, right? You know, uh, and if these, you, these if guys you, are not Monday morning quarterback people. These, uh, these are the guys. Hold on are, a second. Hold on a second here, okay? If you go back and you take a look at where things are, you're asking me my opinion on the Fed chair, right? If you go back and take a look at where things were, where things are, right? Yes, you can argue at this point the Fed let the economy run a little too hot, right? Uh, no, no doubt about it. Okay, now the Fed's going to come in with a bigger hammer and slow it down a little bit. Okay. Well, whose um, responsibility so, was it that they let it run hot? Well, what happens if they didn't let it run hot and you ended up with stagflation? Okay, you just don't know how it plays out. From my opinion, from my vantage point, Ray, here's the answer to your question that you're posing to me. What's my opinion on them? You know. We're going to see Fed chairs come and go. We're going to see economic ideologies from the White House and Congress come and go. Our job is to manage money through those processes, okay? I can sit back and I can go, Greenspan should have done this. Yellen should have done that. Uh, Bernanke should have done this. 
Powell should have done that back and forth, right? Okay, I've got my own opinion. Everybody's got their own opinion on all this stuff. But the bottom line here is what's being thrown at us. Picture yourself as a baseball player. You're in the batting box. You're in the batter's box. And you know a curveball is coming. You know how to hit it. If you don't know an off-speed pitch is coming and you're sitting on a fastball, you're going to swing right through it, right? So, so, so we have to understand policy, how it affects different aspects of the economy, cash flows, taxes, and stuff like that. So as far as, you know, do I think he's doing a good job as compared to whom? As compared to someone else that the, that the current administration nominates and puts up there? Well, I'm not so sure about that either. But, yes, the Fed is behind the curve. Okay, they are behind the curve, and, and quite frankly, I know that they wanted to raise interest rates higher in March than they did with 25 basis points, but that was the start or right around the start of the Russian invasion in Ukraine, and so they wanted to err on the side of being a little bit more cautious. Okay, so, so I think the Fed is going to really attempt to be much more aggressive this time in May coming around, 50, maybe 75 basis points hike. Okay, if you look at top line inflation right now at 8.5% and Fed funds rate, you know, FOMC rates at, at 0.25, we're very accommodative. We really are. We've got to do everything that we were just talking about at the top of the show here, Ray, which is introduce demand destruction. That's what the Fed's talking about the other day. That's what the Fed brought to the table the other day was basically, hey, we want to tell you what's going to happen. We want demand destruction. We want a partner here, basically, with the consumer. Slow your spending down. We don't have to jack rates as high. They are behind the curve. They're going to catch up. They're going to catch up at what expense is the question, right? So, so stocks don't like rising interest rates. Why? Because it ultimately bleeds through the system like a domino effect, and it slows corporate earnings. Well, corporate earnings are projected over the next few quarters to still continue to be positive, grow, and expand. So, so when you take a look at that, even with these rate heights baked in, they're just not going to be as high as they were coming out of the pandemic. Even if we didn't have inflation, they would still trickle back down to, to normal levels with, with it all. So the question becomes this. What does it look like on the other side? Let's just suppose that they do tame inflation. I don't know. Call it July 4th, okay? By, by then, let's suppose inflation's dropping from its peak, just dropping from its peak, not accelerating anymore, just dropping from its peak. Now what do the markets look like? Now what, what, now what happens in the stock market, right? Now, now the consumer, when you take a look at, at – at inflation and the consumer, which drives two-thirds of GDP in this country, that is sort of a, a, a roller coaster. The, it's a lagging effect. We can start to see prices come down as, con, as the consumer is still pulling back. So it's sort of a, you know, the lead car and the roller coaster is going down. The back car is still going up over the, over the peak, if you will. So the consumer is going to be more of a lagging indicator to all of this. And we started to see some of that in the March report. But, yeah, I agree. The Fed's behind right now. They're going to catch up, and they're going to try to catch up without pushing us into a, a, a recession. So from the standpoint of, you know, let's, let's, let's take a look at this being the fourth inning of a ball game. And see what it looks like at the end of the game. What the score is? Uh, there's, you know, can they can they produce a soft landing? We're going to find out. What would happen if we do trickle into a recession? And and quite frankly, 
2022, my personal opinion, I don't see it. Maybe there's a chance in 2023. Maybe, okay? We, there's a lot of things that have to happen between now and then when it comes to it. Does that make So that's my answer to your yeah. question. But, 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 you know, the Fed should have seen, could have seen, with the money that the Congress is pumping into the system constantly with these uh, trillions and trillions of dollars of bills that they're going to spend, they could, didn't they see this coming? The more money you pump into the system, the worse it's going to get. And they you didn't go do back anything earlier than this? Ray, you can go back and look at the Beige Report that the Fed publishes and look at all their notes, and they will tell you what they've seen. They will take a look at it. It's still it's still <laughs> done by committee and decisions. Yeah, and, 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 and we watch that stuff. Believe me, we read that stuff. And we watch it and we see it, okay? And that's that's the crux of it all. So, but you know, they are going to bring down inflation. And this is what it looks like to bring down inflation, and, and there's going to be a point in time when some people are going to go, I shouldn't have sold out because I missed the rebound, and there's going to be a point in time when people go, I'm so glad that I put new money in during this buying opportunity because the markets have always in the history come back from pullbacks. There's always been a different reason that the markets have pulled back from time to time in history, and they have 100% of the time always reached new highs. So so what makes us think this time is different? Now, the length of time between now and when it reaches a new high again, it could be three months. It could be three years. We don't know. But at some point down the road, I would bet on the markets to rebound, right? And this is why you want to make sure your income is in a proper place, protected and deliverable today, and you still have a growth component. So when you're in your 70s, your 80s, and your 90s, that money's still growing to outpace taxes, inflation, and fees for yourself down the road. That's the way portfolios need to be bifurcated as far as all that goes. So appreciate the phone call, Ray. Uh, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We'll take a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. 
Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, we still... <laughs> oh, Bob. He's got his little doggy up on the... For those listening on the radio, you can't see him on TV, but you should. LarryRosenthal.tv if you'd like to call in. Hey, 855-767-3123 to talk to Larry. 855-767-3123. Larry, you know, you know the, the commercial that we just talked about, or basically that uh, little uh, money minute that you talked about, dollar cost averaging. Boy, with all this volatility, that's the key, isn't it? Over time, it, really it is. It is a great, great opportunity, Chris. There's no doubt about it. For 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 people that are putting money in each and every month, you know, keep buying, keep doing it, because if if you liked your investments last December, when they were at all time highs. What's changed? Why would you not like them now? Yeah, What's great. changed great to the companies? You know, if you stop and think about this, the stocks that you own, right, the stocks that you own, the stocks that are in your quality mutual funds, that are in your quality ETFs or your individual stocks that you own, management didn't hurt the companies and bring down the stock no, price. No. Competition into their uh, sector into their industry didn't didn't take away from their businesses, right? You know what is this? This is a slowdown. This is inflation, and we're reacting to slowdown. So so what do those companies look like on the other side once inflation is under control? What do they look like on the other side? And when is that? You know, with the understanding, you know, I, I, I've just got hours of, of literature here that I can go through and, and teach in a class on the importance of interest on, on inflation pressures, on the history of monetary policy in this country. You know, you, you can take a look at all of this stuff, and now with the understanding of, of, uh, of monetary policy, you know, this is, this is you know, what the Fed is, is doing basically mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And, and the last time we saw this was, was in 1994-95, okay, when we actually saw this, when the Fed actually came to the table mid-cycle and started to raise rates because inflation got out of control a little right. bit and started to raise rates. Markets came down temporarily, didn't drop into a recession, and just kept on cruising. Okay? Would you call this a drastic measure or just an incremental measure? No, this is not a drastic measure at all. A drastic measure is what happened in, in uh, uh, COVID-19, oh, right? Oh, the, yeah. You know, the, the Fed was the buyer and seller of last resort. You know, those were drastic measures to, you know, you close down the economy around the globe. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Those were drastic measures. This is adjustment. This is this is changing the direction of the rudder to catch the most wind in your sail. That's what this is right now. And we have headwinds against us. Yes, we do. There's headwinds in the economy against us right now, and we're rerouting the rudder in our in our in our sailboat in in a different direction to catch the next wind. Uh, it, this will pass. We need to be patient. All right, and make sure your accounts are in a proper position for today as well as the recovery when it happens. You know, just as fast as the Fed talking this past week dropped the market a thousand points, just as fast it can rebound and go back up with some good news. You tell me what day that's going to be. Five Tuesdays from now? I wish I knew. Fifty Tuesdays from now. We don't know, and that's why you don't want to miss that type of a thing. But getting back to your point, Chris, of dollar cost averaging, 
put the same amount of money into that same quality investment every interval, whether it's every other week with your paycheck, once a month, once a quarter, once a year, whatever it may be, you're buying those same quality shares at a lower price, so you're getting more shares. The acquisition of shares is one of the keys to creating wealth. Keep buying right now. Amen. Oftentimes, a lot of people will say, hey, you know what? The markets are down. We're worried. I'm going to hold on to my money right now, okay? I don't want to put it in because I'm afraid I'm going to lose it next month. I talked to somebody not too long ago about that, and they were like, oh, I just don't know, I just don't know. And their time frame was long term. And, and, you know, that is a mistake. I'm telling you, that's a mistake. Buy the quality now. Uh, you can't time it. That's why dollar cost averaging puts you in on the average price. Hey, so for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. Check us out next Saturday for another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you have questions during the week, Feel free to give us a call, 855-ROSE-123, and go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email with comments about the show. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Facebook. Be more than happy to put you on that distribution list. We'll be having an announcement next week for another Market Update webinar. Have a great week. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Take care. Wait, 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 Holly. Let's see if I can get this credit to You're still on YouTube? Uh, it's rolling the credits. You and I are, are muted. Oh, we're muted? Yeah. Go so we can talk. Cool. Yeah, there's no calls on hold, so I just took a roll the roll the. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.